Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Today we are driving in the rain, and uh, hopefully the wipers don't screw things up too badly. Um, I think I'm probably going to give this one a test listen before I send it out there, So, because um, I can imagine a rhythmic thump-thumping of the wiper blade being super annoying for a podcast, and I'd like to spare you all that, but... Uh, if that doesn't seem to be a problem, then you will hear this, in which case I say hello. Um, almost wasn't going to cast today. Um, instead, slotted on some music. Um, as I've mentioned, uh, I think, a bit ago, recently realized that there was more Aussie-based Sabbath than I originally knew. So I was listening to uh, Technical Ecstasy, and... Uh, Track two is a little thing called Johnny Blade. Good stuff. Uh, so far, I've only you know, listened to it a couple of times. It seems good. Uh, but seems thematically correct for, you know, the topic of our last discussion, i.e. the Dungeons and Dragons. Um, in that, my longtime favorite character was a, uh, a character named Johnny, uh, is the short version. Um, and... I figured, what the heck, let's, 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 let's talk about Johnny a little bit. Uh, you know, for those of you who have previously encountered folk who uh, play the role-playing games and have been around them talking about their characters, um, I'll just come out and say it. That can be annoying sometimes. Uh, I know when some... Off, you know, fair amount of times when people have been like, oh man, my character was this and that and the other thing, and he was awesome, and they just won't shut up about it. Uh, I try to get away from that. So, if you fall into that ballpark, you may want to skip ahead. Um, or you can listen. Uh, or if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe this will be your first experience of, dear God, why do gamers talk about their characters the way they do? In which case, you're welcome, I suppose? I don't know. Um... But Johnny, he he wasn't my first character. Um, my first character died a gruesome death at the hand of goblins. Don't even remember his 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 name. Uh, he was a generic fighter type, probably human. Didn't last long. I was learning the game. You, you know, did not fully appreciate the uh, value of having quality armor and or not engaging multiple enemies when you have no hit points and a lousy chance to hit. Uh, as was the case in 1st edition D&D. Frankly, Johnny wasn't my second or even third or fourth character. There were quite a few before we finally got around to Johnny. Um, But he is by far the longest-lived and favorite of the D&D characters. Uh, He was an elf. Uh, Technically, he was a three-quarter elf, with the backstory that I gave him, but that was enough for him to count as elven. Um, in D&D, your stats, uh, you've got strength, constitution, dexterity, charisma, intelligence, and wisdom that kind of define who your character is. Um, elves get a bonus to dexterity, um, and the typical ranges, you, you, you roll dice to figure out what that is, and they normally go from three, which is just miserable, to 18, which is fantastic. Uh, so if you're talking about dexterity, a three dexterity is a person that literally trips over their own two feet on a constant basis. Not just a little clumsy, this person has a hard time walking. 
Uh, and an 18 is, you know, an acrobat or, you know, a gymnast. Uh, somebody who's, who's very dexterous, very, very nimble. Um, Johnny had a 19 because I rolled an 18 for it and he got a plus one from being an elf. So he was just hot shit uh, in terms of, you know, anything that involved movement or, or aim or anything else, you know, dexterity-based. Um, which is super helpful if you're a first edition thief. Uh, a lot of the key skills, you know, kind of go off of dexterity. Um, hiding in shadows, uh, sneaking, you know, moving silently, picking locks, picking pockets. All of those sort of things, you know, having a dexterity that high gives you some considerable bonuses and kind of helps expand, ex- extend your lifespan. Um, he was not, I mean, and I should, I should also say, he was a thief. Um, this was back in first edition when, you know, they were thieves. They weren't rogues uh, like they, they did in third edition and beyond. He, he was a thief. That was his thing. He stole shit. Uh, he went into the dungeon to kill, you know, goblins and so forth and steal their shit. That was what his, his deal was. Uh, and he made no, no qualms about that. Um, but, um, you know, that was his thing. But he wasn't like, I mean, he was sneaky. Don't get me wrong, he was he could hide in the shadows with the best of them. But he was also, you know, a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a rough and tumbler. He, he also, you know, enjoyed the combats. Uh, he rocked around with two long swords, one in each hand. Um, further on in his career, um, he replaced those with magical uh, swords called flame tongues, which are basically magic long swords that are on fire, because um, he was also a pyromaniac. Um, so yeah, he was he was he was pretty 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 hardcore that way. Um, With D&D, you know, you can create a character, and you can give them, you know, kind of as much backstory as you want, or that they're likely to need. Uh, you know, some people like to just, oh, this is, you know, Thorin, he's a dwarven fighter, he comes from this clan, uh, I don't care, let's just play. Um, there are other people that, you know really get into their character backgrounds. I mean, I knew a guy in college who wrote, like, a, a four-page handwritten thing about his character and where he came from and his family and his former foes and friends and just so much backstory. It was really impressive, but a lot more work than some people care to put into. Um, Johnny was one of those things where I had a basic idea for him. But, you know, as he continued in life, and I played him more and more, you know, over the months, you know, you you become invested in them, and you start to flesh out that backstory. uh, More so than you do for the guy you just rolled up at first level. Uh, So when it was all said and done, um, Johnny, as I said, was three-quarter elven. Um, His dad was an elf. His mom was a half-elf. Thus, the three quarters, because, you know, basic math. Um, It also meant that he had, you know, a... a human brother and a half-elven brother. I mean, half-brothers, as the case may be. Um, No, they were both half-elven, sorry. Um, 
because his dad had a pre- not a previous marriage. Johnny's mom died. His dad remarried a human girl, and because he was an elf and she was human, both of those sons were half elves. That's right. It's been a while. I haven't played Johnny in literally a decade plus. Um, but uh, he had a younger brother named Draren, who was a uh, a fighter type. Um, he did not live very long. Um, he also had a half brother named Altiochus, which is a, which was a wizard, um, who did pretty well for himself. Um, there were points when we were playing. Because typically in a D&D game, you play a character. Uh, you know, there's a DM, and then each player has a character that they play. So if you've got five people playing, you've got a party of four characters um, that are taking part. And a lot of the, you know, adventures and scenarios that you do are kind of based on having a certain minimum number of people. Otherwise, you'll just get stomped. Uh, you know, if you go into the goblin lair with, you know, four fighters of a certain level, you'll you'll do pretty okay. Uh, if you go into that same dungeon with, you know, two guys, they're going to have a rough go of it, because uh, they're going to be, you know, kind of outnumbered considerably. Um, and there were points where we didn't have enough players to have that sort of minimum threshold of, of people to do what we needed to do to accomplish the mission. Um, and if you're playing with folks who are, you know, are familiar with the game and know what they're doing and, you know, can handle it, you can have a player playing multiple characters. Um, and that's kind of where Johnny's brothers came into play. You know, there were points where it was Mike is the DM, me as a player, and I want to say Ray. Uh, two guys going into, you know, a dungeon is not going to go well. Four folks going into a dungeon, we can make that happen. So we'd roll up secondary characters to play. Uh, like I said, Dreran met an unfortunate end early on. Altiochus lived a bit longer, uh, did a little bit better, and um, I think he made it to like 6th or 7th level. Uh, and at that time, we'd met more friends who would play more often, and so I didn't need secondary character. So Altiochus, you know, built himself a tower in the middle of the woods and basically retired. Um, but... Uh, it was nice, because later on in life, you know, whenever Johnny was in that neck of the woods, he could, you know, go to his brother's tower and stay for free, and occasionally, you know, um, Mike would let us play it to where, you know, Altiochus had, you know, acquired some magic items that we could, you know, borrow or buy from him, uh, kind of a thing. It, he became sort of part of the overall story, which is, you know, one of the nice things about D&D. You can kind of help create the story, even as a player. Um, but, uh, yeah, Johnny went on wild adventures, um, the typical crew was, Rowan had a dwarf named Thrain that was a fighter, he ran around with an axe and a shield and armor and, you know, beat things to death, uh, as you'd expect. He had a half-elven combo wizard priest named Merthrander. Um, that 
was pretty much the head, did all the heavy lifting on the magical end for the group. Uh, you needed healed, he had your back. If you need a fireball tossed at something, he had that covered. Um, it was good stuff that way. Uh, Jeff had a ranger uh, named Sindar that was uh, also an elf, really good friends with Johnny. Um, hung out all the time, did did cool things. They both rocked the double longsword, uh, which made for some really good combats and some good mental imagery uh, when you're, you know, kind of envisioning the combats going down. Made it a bitch when we found treasure that included, you know, magic longsword, because the two of them would, you know, fight over them. Uh, as you do. Uh, has had a female paladin, human, holy warrior type, um, that kicked much ass. Um, now that I think of it, I'm pretty sure every character that has played in any role-playing game we played was female. Uh, which is remarkable. Most, most folks tend to play characters that share their gender, um. which is, you know, potentially for the best, <laughs> uh, a teen boy pretending to be, uh, you know, role-playing as a, you know, 20-something-year-old woman, uh, opens up lanes of conversation that no one's going to be proud of in their adulthood, uh, but, but has kept it classy, um, at least as far as I know, I mean, I was a teen boy at the time, too, but, he, you know, they they weren't just objects, they were his character, um, and I, I give him some props for the effort there. Um, and Ray had a wizard lady, whose name I forget, um, but we went on grand adventures, and slayed many a dragon, and got wonderful treasures, um, the first edition rules had it such that once you achieved a certain level, um, and had sufficient funds, you could basically erect a a structure of some sort that would then let you get followers that were just non-player characters who would show up uh, because you were such an awesome person in that world, a hero that they wanted to, you know, be around you and be trained by you and be a part of your, your cadre. Um, so at, like, ninth level, Thrain was able to build, you know, a, you know, a keep, a castle of some sort. Um, uh, similar levels uh, on both the, on the cleric side, the priest side, Merthrander was able to, you know, build it, you know, pay for and build a temple, uh, to his god, who I can't remember what that was off the top of my head, um, which would attract, you know, followers and, you know, lower-level priests. Um, Johnny, as the thief, uh, you build yourself a shady little structure, and you basically start your own thieves' guild, which was pretty rad. Um, but because all of these characters, you know, partied together and all generally raised levels at about the same time, and had more or less equal shares of treasure, uh, we all kind of hit those benchmarks at the same time, so we basically, you know, petitioned the crown for a tract of land 
that we could, you know, call our own and develop and protect the surrounding areas. And we basically built a city. <laughs> um, you know, when you are simultaneously constructing a sizable castle uh, for Thrain um, and a uh, a temple to what I believe was a fairly popular god of the realms uh, for Merthrander, um, you're going to also um, generate additional... Additional people are going to come around. Like, you're going to have all the builders who show up to to build your thing, and the builders need to be fed, so there are, you know, cooks that show up, and, you know, various minstrels and so forth that come around. So, I mean, before you know it, you've kind of got a whole community uh, hanging out. And so, while we were building the castle and the, the temple and all of that, they kind of built a whole village around ourselves. Um, which then Johnny, you know, built amongst that and started a thief guild. Uh, and I'll be damned if I can remember the name of our town. And that's embarrassing and saddening for me. Um, I don't know if any of you boys are, who played are listening to this, but please drop me a line and tell me what the name of that place was. Um, but it was pretty. It was pretty sweet. Uh, you know, Thrain raised an army that acted as the you know the local you know police force and a standing army. Um, you know, Ron had you know a bunch of you know initiate priests and minor wizards hanging out. I had a whole group of thugs um, on the back end. Uh, Sindar raised a you know a, a small thing off in the country and had a wide variety of rangers and wild animals that were, were hanging out with him. Uh, it was good stuff. It would get a little dicey because um, both of Ron's characters were both good-aligned, um, whereas Johnny was what they call chaotic neutral, which is not... You're not evil, but you're not good either. Um, plus, you know, he was a thief. Uh so with Thrain in the position of, you know, sort of de facto mayor, ruler of our particular area, and being a good guy, and his right-hand man on the face angle being also a follower of a, a good god of some sort, uh, Johnny running the Thieves Guild did sometimes cause some problems, um... So he had to be real subtle in how he ran that and um, tithed heavily to the church for them to look the other way, etc. Um, so a lot like real life, I guess, in some some cases, uh, particularly in, in medieval times, as I understand it. Um, but good stuff. Um, in Dungeons & Dragons, there are... There are magic items, and then there are magic items, and then there are artifacts. Uh, minor magic items are like healing potions, you know, a ring that you wear that makes it harder to hit you, you know, uh, a weapon that gives you a plus one to hit a thing. Um, you know, and then there are some next tier things that give you, you know, serious bonuses, uh, you know, 
there's some crazy shit uh, available. Uh, Johnny had a uh, he had the two flaming longswords, um, which was pretty awesome. He had he commissioned a wizard to create a vial that would never empty of flaming oil. Like I said, he was a pyro. Like you tilt the thing sideways to pour out, you know, Greek fire oil, uh, and then you wait two seconds, and that vial was full again, um, which was pretty sweet. Um, but as I say, there is a next tier to that that are the artifacts. And they're the kind of things that you only find once in a lifetime. Things of epic power that belonged to, you know, legendary heroes or villains uh, of the past. And the the powers that those items would give is just kind of off the charts. Um, one of these is a thing called the Deck of Many Things. And... What the deck of many things was, it's a deck of cards. Um, and you would typically use a deck of cards for this as a representation, so you could, you know, do it. You could also use a tarot deck, um, but I think we just used a deck of cards. And the trick there was, is you come across this, and you say, I would like to draw a card. And once you've said that, you're drawing a card. Even if you don't want to, you're drawing it, and you flip the card over, and depending on what card it is, some effect will take place. I want to say all of the red cards, the hearts and the diamonds, were good things. Uh, you know, you flip one over, and, you know, um, I don't remember what they specifically are, but let's say you t take the the two of diamonds. You instantly gain a level. Woohoo! Uh, you know, you flip over the four of hearts, and Here's 10,000 gold pieces and the services of a fourth-level fighter as a henchman. Um, you know, good stuff. And that rank, you know, went all the way up to, you know, you get a plus one forever on this, you know, statistic. Or you go up two levels. Or, you know, you're now the proud owner of a small keep somewhere in the world, and a map to it shows up. Uh, some really, you know, powerful, potent, awesome stuff. Uh, the flip side was that all the black cards, the spades and the uh, clubs, had, were bad effects. You know, you flip this, uh, you know, you draw one of those and you lose a level. Or, you know, all of your possessions are gone. Um, bad things happen. Uh, but it, it's a deck of cards. It's shuffled. You don't know what you're getting. Uh, so you're taking your chances. Um, and, you know, once you had drawn from the deck... Whatever it was, that happens, and you can no longer draw from the deck of many things. Uh, we come across one of those, and I'll tell you, any smart adventurer who sees a deck of many things just says, nope, and gets rid of that son of a bitch, because bad things can happen. Um, Johnny was um, not the brightest, extremely cocky, and as I mentioned, super chaotic. Uh, he would just do stuff, whatever. So this thing comes around, he's like, I want three cards. And the rest of the party just sort of took a couple steps back from him because they knew this wasn't going to end well. Um, <coughs> the first one he flipped was a black card. 
that immediately changed your alignment. And in D&D, your alignment is sort of the generic way that they describe uh, your character's outlook on life and their morality. Um, there are two axes. One is good and evil, uh, and the other is lawful and chaotic. Um, Johnny, as I mentioned, was, you know, chaotic neutral, meaning he was definitely, you know, more of a chaos person, more free-spirited, and not one to follow the rules or be tied down by restrictions. But as far as good and evil were concerned, he wasn't really strong one way or the other. So this card he drew flipped him to lawful neutral, which, again, you're not a bad guy, you're not necessarily a good guy either, but you are now, with the lawful aspect, very meticulous in planning and, you know, no longer, you know, flying by the seat of your pants and you're, you're now a schemer. Um, which is typically having your alignment flip like that's a bad thing. But at 14th level and being in charge of a thieves' guild in a town that we kind of ran, him flipping the script to being, you know, the D&D equivalent of Batman's Joker to a scheming, conniving, behind-the-scenes, plotting kind of guy made good sense, and I'm like, I'll take it. That is that is awesome. Good deal. Let's let's roll with this. Uh, and then Mike's like, yeah, but you said you were going to draw three, so we're just going to go ahead and you're going to draw those other two cards. I'm like, okay. So we pick the next one, and it is the second worst card to pick in the deck. Uh, it is the one that you immediately lose all of your possessions. They are whisked away, um, and you just lose them. Um, and like I said, Johnny had a whole grab bag of awesome magical shenanigans. Flaming swords, he had a magic bow, a whole bunch of magic arrows, a wide variety of potions and rings and a cloak and fun stuff. One of the particular things that he had was a thing called a portable hole. And if you've ever watched, like, the the Bugs Bunny cartoons, where, you know, somebody takes a, you know, handkerchief-looking thing and, like, unfolds it and it looks like a hole, and then somebody jumps into it and it actually is a hole, that's what this was in a magic item. It was, like, ten foot wide, and, or, like, five foot wide and ten foot deep, and it was a handkerchief. You unfold it, you throw it on the ground, and it's a it's a pit. You can throw all sorts of money and goodies and whatever into, and then grab the edges, fold it up, put it in your pocket. didn't weigh anything. You could carry around whatever the hell you wanted. It was awesome. Uh, it's what they called an extra-dimensional space. Uh, there are also, Johnny didn't have one of these, but also in D&D, there are these things called bags of holding, which is basically a sack that inside of it is an extra-dimensional space, so you literally could put 10 pounds of potatoes in a 5-pound sack if it were a bag of holding. Um, and the kind of rule on the back end in D&D is if you ever put an extra-dimensional space into another extra-dimensional space, uh, it would create some sort of like rift in time and space, and, and there'd be an explosion, and you'd get sucked into the astral plane or something like that. It was bad voodoo. Everyone knew not to do it. And as I said, Johnny didn't have a bag of holding. Um, 
But he did have the, the portable hole and all kinds of other goodies. And when he drew that card, they all go, goodbye. Um, I should mention that when Mike said, okay, we're going to draw your other two cards, uh, Johnny pulled both of them simultaneously, which means that the effects happened all at the same time. Uh, and that becomes important on the next one, because the other card that he pulled was the most heinous card you could pull, uh, wherein, on its own, that card basically sucked your soul out of your body. Your body goes into a catatonic state, and your soul is sucked through the astral plane to somewhere. Uh, you know, some, you know, wizard somewhere has cast a spell to capture souls, and you have, you know, become the target of that. Or some, you know, otherworldly, you know, devil creature is trying to harvest souls, and guess what? You got caught in his net. Um, but, basically, because he pulled both of those at the same time, um, and all of his gear went magically away into the astral plane, the same time his soul did. Basically, the way it worked is that um, because one of his things was the portable hole with the extra-dimensional space, when it went and got sucked into kind of the extra-dimensional space, uh, it caused an explosion, which shattered Johnny's soul and sent it throughout uh, basically the multiverse. The unfortunate downside is is that Johnny was no longer a viable concern in that campaign. Um, it's time to make a new character. Uh, under normal circumstances, had he just pulled the card where all of his stuff was gone, you know, life moves on, you get new stuff. Uh, if you've got something specific, you can maybe, you know, go on a quest to retrieve them. But they're just things. You can get those things back. Uh, if he had just pulled the one where his soul got sucked away, obviously he couldn't do much, but the rest of the party could, you know, go on a quest to find out where his soul was and get that and reunite it with his body, and then Johnny could carry on. But what with the soul shattering and going to the nine winds, everybody's like, yep, that is just not worth the trouble, and Johnny, you were kind of a pain in the ass anyway. Um, which was fair. I don't can't can't fault them for that. Um, so that was the downside for that D&D campaign it's roll up a new character Todd time, which, which I did the bonus however is that because we played other games some of which I game mastered some of which other people game mastered in a variety of genres and rule sets it basically meant that I could make Johnny in any given game and it made sense it was a shot, it was a fraction of his soul in that new character. So in Shadowrun, there was an elven hitman assassin guy named Johnny, who was you know an aspect of Johnny of D and D times. Um, in TMNT, what was Johnny in TMNT? I think he was like an otter, because. Mike made us randomly roll to see what 
what uh, what animals we were going to be as opposed to pick the critter we wanted to be. So, yeah, he ended up being, I want to say, a sea otter and was kind of lame and didn't get played a lot in that. But he existed. Um, in the Star Wars game I played, he um, came as a sentient assassin droid, which was pretty badass. Um when I was in college, there was another D&D game we got going uh, where he came back as a, a drow elf, um, which was pretty cool. Um, just just good stuff. Um, so Johnny lives on forever. And, you know, at 32 minutes of me yakking about him, I'm sure you're probably sick of hearing about him. Um, he, was, he was fun. I enjoyed playing him. Uh, he, you know, for all of his, you know, pain in the ass and going off the random direction against the grain of the party, he still did pretty good. Um, killed some beasties, got some good loot, and he definitely went out with a bang. It has come to my attention that I need to offer a correction. Uh, the Black Sabbath album previously mentioned, wherein track two is Johnny Blade, was not technical ecstasy. It was, in fact, Never Say Die. This has been a public service announcement. I apologize for any Black Sabbath fans who may have been offended by the mix-up, and I apologize to any who may have immediately gone to Amazon to buy technical ecstasy, hoping for that song, uh, which seems unlikely, because that was what... A half an hour ago, and why are you surfing Amazon buying albums while you're listening to me? Um, thanks anyway, and frankly, buy both albums, but I got it wrong. Uh, I was listening to that afterwards and thought I should, uh, you know, own up. Thank you. And that's it.